Welcome to Vet Nerds, a podcast made by a veterinary student for veterinary students, especially the nerdy ones who love practice clinical reasoning with cases. I'm your host, Ariel Lee, a third-year vet student from UC Davis School of Veterinary Medicine and a huge nerd. Join me in a case recap and gain some insights into the diagnosis and management of important disease processes with a short expert interview. Whether you are studying for exams, seeking opportunities to hone your clinical skills, or simply thirsty for some weird cases, you will find something of interest in the next 20 minutes. Let's dive in the case now. An 11-year-old male castrated domestic short hair. He presented to ER for a non-healing skin infection on his front pulse and hyporexia. Pain and swelling was first noted approximately six weeks prior, started with the left front paw, but was also found on right front paw three weeks later, at which point he was excessively licking both paws and was non-weight-bearingly lame on the right thoracic limb. Primary veterinarian treated him with gabapentin and two rounds of convenient injections neither helped with the symptoms. The patient was eating normally until the night prior to the presentation to ER. On physical examination, the cat was bright, alert, and responsive with a fractious temperament. Sedated examination revealed adequate hydration, normal heart rate, respiration, and temperature. Thoracic auscultation was normal. Multiple swollen digits were found on both thoracic limbs with crusting nail beds and bone malformation in the digits. His superficial cervical, inguinal, and popliteal lymph nodes were firm and enlarged. Mandibular lymph nodes were small and soft. Dermatology was consulted, and the skin cytology of affected pulse showed inflammatory cells and some rods. Radiograph of the thoracic limbs revealed marked osteolysis of multiple distal phalanges and marked original soft tissue swelling. There was marked soft tissue swelling surrounding the right elbow, with ill-defined, irregularly margined periosteal proliferation along the caudal cortices of the distal humerus and proximal ulna. Please pause here for a second. What's happening to this cat? What is the next diagnostic test you'd like to pursue? Alright, we have an older cat with osteolysis of multiple digits, another aggressive bone lesion probably, of distal humerus and proximal ulna, and diffuse lymphadenopathy. These clinical signs can all be explained by primary pulmonary neoplasm. The digit metastasis is also known as long digit syndrome, which happens when primary lung cancer, most often bronchial or bronchioalveolar adenocarcinoma, but can also be other neoplasm as well, metastasize to the distal phalanges. General lymphadenopathy is likely metastasis. The soft tissue mass on the right elbow with periosteal proliferation may represent an additional soft tissue metastasis or, less than likely but possible, perineoplastic periostitis, otherwise known as hypertrophic osteopathy. The skin infection on the digits are secondary to the bony metastasis. 
thoracic radiograph was taken, and a single cavitated mass was identified in the right caudal lung field with mild pleurifusion, which was likely neoplastic in nature. Fine needle aspirate of the right superficial cervical and popliteal lymph nodes showed polygonal to columnar cells with medium blue cytoplasm that sometimes contains numerous fine pink granules and small punctate vacuoles. The nuclei are round to polygonal with finely stippled to irregularly clumped or ropey chromatin and one to two large nucleoli. Nuclear to cytoplasm ratios are intermediate to high and anisocytosis and anisocaryosis are moderate to marked. These are most consistent with carcinoma cells presumed metastatic. These cytology findings render infectious etiology, such as fungal infection of the pulse and pulmonary granuloma, pretty unlikely. Lung digit syndrome is a peculiar pattern of metastasis in the cats with primary lung tumors, particularly bronchial and bronchial alveolar adenocarcinoma. Metastases are found at unusual sites, most notably the distal phalanges of the limbs. Weight-bearing digits are most often affected, and it is not uncommon to see multiple digit and multiple limb involvement. Rarely, metastases can also be found in lymph nodes, muscles, skin, abdominal organs, among other sites. Respiratory signs, such as dyspnea and coughing, are usually absent in these feline patients, and the only abnormal finding is the skin and osseous lesions in their digits. Therefore, thoracic radiograph should always be obtained in patients suspected to have this syndrome. Today's expert guest is Dr. Catherine Phillips. She is an associate professor in the radiology department of UC Davis Veterinary School and co-leader of multiple veterinary didactic courses on musculoskeletal system. So I think it is reasonable after this case to expect us to remember to take thoracic radiograph if we see lytic lesions on a cat's digits on radiograph. However, not every cat who comes into a vet clinic with a painful paw gets a limb radiograph in the first place. Do you have any recommendations on when radiograph should be pursued in a limping cat? Radiographs are going to be your first line of diagnostic testing after your physical exam. So if you can localize the lameness to the paw or the digit, then the next step after visual inspection would be radiographs. What about cytology or fine needle aspirate? If you find a lesion to do that to, meaning if you have a mass that you can palpate or see, or you have taken radiographs and you find an aggressive bone lesion, then it is logical to do a fine needle aspirate. So bottom line is, we don't have x-ray eyes. This is just reminding everyone that after a thorough physical examination, don't hesitate to rely on some imaging to look deeper. Okay, this is kind of a trick question. Is long digit syndrome or metastasis to the distal phalanges the only way for pulmonary carcinoma to cause a limping problem in cats? 
So if they have a neoplasia somewhere, they could have a thromboembolus. So they create a thrombus and then an embolus, just meaning that it has moved to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, it can become lodged. Well, it does become lodged in the first capillary bed or where the vessels start to narrow. So if it's coming from a pulmonary region, it makes sense then for it to be like a saddle thrombus in a cat. Yes. Great. So this is to remind everyone who's listening that arterial thromboembolism, more commonly known as saddle thrombus as the common form, can absolutely occur in neoplastic cats in addition to your run-of-the-mill cardiogenic ones. Now let's talk about dogs. Do we have any counterparts in canines that look similar to this long digit syndrome in cats? Absolutely. So your differentials for an aggressive bone lesion are going to be an infectious cause or a neoplastic cause. So in an infectious cause, feet are a great source of getting a direct inoculation of a bacterial infection. So if they take a toe, like a toenail fracture or open fracture or pull a toenail off, they can then have an open wound that becomes infected and they have an osteomyelitis. So that is one source of an aggressive bone lesion in the toe. Um, other causes of aggressive bone lesions in digits of dogs would be neoplastic causes like a melanoma or a squamous cell carcinoma. Can we say that osteomyelitis from direct inoculation is usually monoostotic, whereas the neoplastic causes usually are polyostotic? Is that true? Ah, that's a really good question. So you could have a direct inoculation cause just a monoostotic lesion, especially if they take a toenail off, right? So then it's just directly to the third phalanx. But it could spread because it's bacterial, right? And be a regional taking multiple bones in that region. Mm -hmm. Similarly, squamous cell and melanoma can look that way because they're not a primary bone tumor. They're a a regional tumor that's affecting the bone. So they could also affect multiple bones in one digit, yes. Perfect. Uh, last question. What about HO, the hypertrophic osteopathy? Um, do we catch these limping dogs and identify a pulmonary lesion without any clinical signs, just like the long digit syndrome in cats? Uh, really good question. So yes, I will see dogs that come in as their primary complaint is thickening of their limbs or a lameness and we radiograph them and we see the hypertrophic osteopathy and then we go, oh, we better look for further pathology other in the chest or in the abdomen. Absolutely, that happens. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. Of course. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope that was helpful. For pictures and radiographic imaging of long digit syndrome, as well as further reading into the topic, please refer to the show notes. If you like this episode, or if you have any questions or comments, please leave a message or email ariel.tj.li at gmail.com. See you next time!